Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the ALG podcast. I hope that you are all enjoying your week. If you're listening to this live, it is Friday. We got that weekend feeling. Joining us today is a very special guest, a very good friend of mine in the Instagram weight loss community. Today, we are joined by Frank is losing weight, a.k.a. Frank. I'm going to fuck up his last name, Marcusek. Marcusek? Yeah. It's yeah. better than the first name you said, so yeah. Yeah, all right, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Guys, before we got on air, it took me like 17 times to figure out how to say his last name. The New York in me is showing today, but we are ready. We are strapped in, and we are about to have a great podcast. I am joined today by my partner in crime, Fit underscore D-Rock, my man David Roden. David, how are we doing? I am flexing, I'm finessing, and I'm so excited. I just got a home gym. My life is complete. Awesome, so I'm awesome, feeling pretty awesome. some type of way. Very good. Frank, how are we today, brother? I'm doing very, very well. I am yeah. so glad to be on here and finally talking to you guys. And uh, yeah, dude, I'm hyped. Show rolling. I, I, I am I'm super hype uh, to have you on the show. When we started ALG, I have to be honest with everyone listening, when we started doing the podcast, you know, your name was one of the first names that came to mind to get on here. And I'm actually a little bit mad that it took this long to get you up in here. But you're here today. So we're gonna rock out. We're gonna have a good time. Uh, before we kick things off, and you tell us our story, tell us your story. Why don't you give the listeners and the viewers? Um, why don't you tell them how much you're down and how long it's taken you? On April 12th, 2019, I weighed in at 557 pounds, and in yeah. almost 16 months, I am down 271 pounds, and in currently 286. You're 286? Let's go! Dude, that's, that's wild. Okay, See, gosh, I, I just said it before the call, but we're saying, <laughs> I mean, I'm not comparing, I'm not comparing, I just find it funny. It's like it took me three years to lose 160, 170 pounds. You've lost 270 in 16 months. So that is friggin' phenomenal. I'm, yeah, I'm led for this wild. conversation. That is, that is remarkable. And you did that all naturally, right? Uh, yes, I did. No weight loss surgery, all, all naturally. naturally. No diets. Yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I can't, We're gonna stress, have a I can't stress that enough. I'm, ex yeah. I'm excited to figure out what your protocol was. What was your program? I'm excited to, to hear your story fully kind of. So um, A to Z here. So Frank, um, how old are you? Where are you from? I am 33 years old. I am from Downers Grove, Illinois, about 35 minutes west of Chicago. No shit. I'm gonna be there tomorrow. Oh, I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna be in uh, what's nice. like one burb west of Illinois or of, of Chicago. Uh, a couple burbs west. Um, I'm picking up an infrared sauna just just west of Chicago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome, I man. can't wait. He's going to get in for Red Sauna, and then I'm going to Michigan just to use it, and that's the only reason why I'm going to Michigan. But, uh, <laughs> all right, Frank. So 16 months, 271 pounds. That is an incredible weight loss. Like, that is absolutely insane. Just to put it in perspective, I've been on my journey for the last five years. In total, I'm down 272 pounds. That took me a little bit over, let's say, a year and a half. But you, my friend, you just fucking destroyed me. And we won't even talk about David. David's just he's slowpoke. But uh, dude, that's that's incredible. That's epic. So why don't why don't you take us back to the beginning? Take us back to uh, little Frank, tiny Frank, lowercase f. It's been a hell of a roller coaster ride, guys. Really, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to give you the meat and potatoes of it all. When I when I think back as young as I can to the first moment 
that my weight was an issue with me and people, I would say it was second grade, and maybe you guys can relate to this in school, the dreaded public weigh-in. Hmm. I'm trying to remember. Did we do th- I think we did. I, I don't remember it very well. well. Pu- did you say a public weigh-in? Yeah, like in yeah. school? Yeah, like everybody wanted to know your height, oh, oh, eye oh, color, oh. Okay. you know, favorite TV show. And then, of course, they had to put a scale in right. the classroom, too. Gotcha. So, of course, they weren't surrounding the scale for everybody else. I was the big kid. Right. And I was 120 pounds in second grade. And I got a whole bunch of oohs and ahs. And, like, I was some freak show or something. And right. I remember one kid in particular, he kept calling me Yokozuna over and over and over again. And for you and for anybody listening, Yokozuna in the nineties was a 600 pound wrestler in the WWE. So of course that did not make me feel too well. And that's that's terrible. after, after, after a few times of this kid saying it, I just yelled, shut up, and, like, cried when I got home. And then that's when I started to notice people judging me by the way I look, slowly right. but surely. Right, right. And fast food has always been a problem. Uh-huh. My dad's side of the family has a very long history of diabetes, obesity, death because of how they ate and most of them still struggle to this day with those things gotcha Gotcha, so it's it's just been kind of one of those things where i've seen it one way for so long and i just thought it was normal Mm -hmm. yeah and what was the what was the normal so you said fast food was big for you what was this is like one of this this is gonna make you laugh but look this is this is where the big boys get to speak and and speak on same terms what was the go-to fast food move here boy like i want to know like if you put it in perspective like what, what it was for me was it was a double quarter pounder meal the biggest size you can get if it was biggie size whatever it was um it was a 10 to 20 piece chicken nugget and a couple of mcdoubles and your boy would hammer it but the most important part was i always this was my ism i always spoke like i was ordering for two or three people acting like it wasn't for me so I'm just intrigued. So back then, what, how did it work for you? When I, when, when I was that young, like second grade, grade school, I, you know, uh, my parents would just bring home fast food all the time. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really didn't care what it was. Just give me it all. Right. But as I got older, I'll give you a nickname here, the Dollar Menu Destroyer. Hey. <laughs> it's got J.M. written had, all over it. If it had a dollar menu, I was there. It didn't hey, matter what was on it. I wanted it. I love okay. it. I absolutely love it. What was your go-to fast food? Uh, McDonald's, double cheeseburgers, and McChickens all day. Oh, you're speaking my language, bro. Speaking it to me. What was a typical order like for Frank? I'm talking when Frank was had no strings attached. It wasn't his parents bringing him the fast food. I'm talking about Frank pulling up to a McDonald's drive-thru in the middle of the night by himself. No shame in the game. Oh, jeez. Ten, 10 White Castle sliders with cheese, large mozzarella sticks, large chicken rings. I mean, 
I yeah, that, that, that's that that was pretty uh, particular, and I know that's not dollar menu items, but oh, no, 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 but White Castle, you know, belly bombers. You you probably in the bathroom all day the next day. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not. I 400 pound David didn't like freaking White Castle. Not a fan. Not really? a fan. No. Really? I used to crush a couple of. It just tasted things, like though. onions for me. Like I didn't well, that, like that's onions. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. So I I wasn't a huge fan of onions, so like I didn't like White Castle. Oh, I was a picky fat kid too. Like when when I went to McDonald's, especially when I was a kid. And I used to get a Happy Meal. It had to be, you know, cheeseburger, ketchup only. I, I didn't do the pickles. I didn't do the onions. It wasn't until I realized later on in life how good these other things tasted that I could just add more toppings to my burgers. But, uh, you know, we're getting a little off the, <laughs> off the engine here. Um, all right. So fast food. Fast food was your thing. You were the dollar menu destroyer. You had people calling you Yukazuna in elementary school, which, in my opinion, you should have just hit them with a bonsai drop and called it a day because, you know, Who's going to mess with the guy giving out bonsai drops? But anyway, take me back. So now you're in grade school. You know that your weight is a problem. Um, obviously, you don't really have an outlet to deal with it. So what's going on in your life? Tell me what your home life, you know, walk me through. At that point, no, it, it's like I said, it was like a norm. And slowly but surely over the years, the weight crept up. The weight got bigger and I didn't give a shit about looking at a scale. I didn't. I had no accountability in my life as a kid and for most of my adult life. Mm -hmm. So, so many years went by where I didn't know how much I weigh, didn't care how much I weighed. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead quite a bit here, but Go ahead. senior year of high school, there was, again, a public weigh-in, the dreaded, the dreaded mile Oh yeah, I'm sure well. you guys know about. Yeah, I never completed one. Yeah. I never had I to never do complete, it. Never had to I do never it. Completed never one completed either. It. Yeah. <laughs> they just wrote down 20 minutes on it because they didn't want to not write some down, but I couldn't do it. I, I I had to do book reports for gym class in middle school and high school. They just I was just I was literally just an insurance claim. Like I, yeah, it would have been bad. Oh. All right. So so how did how did it go down for you? I weighed in at 392 pounds. I had 17 years old. And it was like, wow, holy shit. I, wow, no idea. I knew I was big. I knew I was wearing 4X clothes. I knew that was not good at 17 yeah. years old. But again, I had no accountability. The norm for me was fast food. The norm for me, I know we just talked about epic fast food meals. I'll give you one that wasn't a fast food meal for me. And, and it, just made, it just disgusts me to this day. Mm -hmm. And it was like a daily occurrence for me. I would have three or four baked potatoes, but I was so lazy that I didn't bake the potatoes. I just put it in the microwave. And I had, a <laughs> and I had frozen chicken tenders, but I was so lazy with putting it in the oven, I had to put it in the microwave. And then dice them up with sauteed onions and peppers, loaded with cheese, loaded mm. with sour cream, loaded mm. with pico de gallo. Mm. And that's how I rolled. And I thought mm. that was okay. And no one mm. told me otherwise. Damn. I like okay. that. I tell you what, I can feel uh, this is just, this is off the top, off the cuff right now, but I can feel like you're like, number one. This is new to you. Am I, am I correct on that? When it comes to like doing these podcasts and speaking about your story, is this relatively new for you? Yes. And then is this uh, pretty new? And then just talking talking it out um, about like your past and is this relatively new as well? Like you've kind of just done it yourself and had it had. I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking off of what, what I'm seeing. 
but so this is pretty just like you've kept your whole story pretty close to home most of the time i'm assuming i did okay. I, I i did i i might as well just say it. i was on the fat guy forum gourmet uh mm-hmm. podcast yeah. about five months ago mm-hmm. and after that was done, I was, I listened to it and was like, oh, there were so many things that I didn't say on there that I wish I would have said that mm-hmm. I have to say today. I've been literally wait, waiting in wrestling terms. I've been waiting for a hot tag for five months. <laughs> this is why I love Frank. Frank literally talks the way that I talk to my friends. He'll talk just in wrestling isms. And every time I speak to Frank, I feel like he's about to cut the best promo on me. So <laughs> this is going to be a lot of brother. Exactly. This is going to be amazing. So, all right, Frank. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit back. We're gonna cut that. All right, Frank. So, anyway, um, dude, you have an amazing story, and I don't think that that needs to be, you know, looked past. You have the absolute outlet, the forum, everything. You have the platform to share this story. I've been watching your Instagram, you know, for a while now. I've seen how you interact with everybody. I see the content that you're putting out. And let me tell you something, brother. You are literally one of the most inspiring sons of a bitch that I know. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not tooting your own horn. I'm not doing anything. You want to know why? You have no gimmick. You are as plain Jane as they come. You are no gimmicks needed Chris Candido. For those that don't know what that is, don't worry about it. Use your Google machine. Um, you are just like a regular everyday guy. And that's what I love about you. You don't hop on Instagram and follow the trends. You don't give a shit how many likes you get on something. You don't give a fuck if someone DMs you or not. You have your goals. You write them down. You make them public. You stay accountable to the things that you're going to do. And you get the job done. We can't hate on you, baby boy. We just want to know how you did it. That's all we want to know. I'm honored, brother. I'm honored. Oh. OD, bro. I'm honored, bro. It is, it is my honor to have you on this show today. And I've been telling David all week, I am so he excited to chop it up with you. <laughs> but we're going to get Frank out. We're going to break you out of the shell today. By the time this podcast is over, you're going to get everything off your chest that you wanted to get off Gormy's podcast. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so the floor is yours. If you need any help at all, my brother, I am right outside the ring. I'll be Jimmy Harton out there for you. We'll, we'll get into the fucking the comeback real quick. We'll get it going. So please, Frank. Let me know anything that you want to say, bro. The floor is yours. Talk to the people because the people want to know, how did Frank lose the weight? Thank you. 392, senior year of high school. I, th- this is, okay, I just need to make this known. This is not my first weight loss journey by any means. Okay. I, I have lost around 150 pounds twice before this. Wow. Okay. Uh, Chris, Christmas Eve 2006, I weighed in at 400 pounds, and roughly seven months later, I was down to 265. Okay. But I, <laughs> I did it so wrong. Right. I had diet pills. High, okay. With the hydroxy cut, uh, I would do slim fast. Okay. I lifted weights, but starved myself. Like mm-hmm. everything wrong that you should do for a, a weight loss journey for a lifestyle change. I and how did. old are you at this point? I was 20. Okay. okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Almost 20. Yeah. Yeah. And now, so you were 20, you just, you're fresh out of high school. Did you go to college? 
I went to community college, but I dropped out. Oh, that's okay, brother. So did I. I went to community college for two weeks. Why? Because I was too fat to walk around campus. So I sat in my car all day. Um, oh, and I went to the McDonald's drive-thru that was across the street from my campus. That was fucking awesome. Um, so yeah, no, don't even worry about it. Don't sweat it. So you're 20 years old. You want to start your weight loss journey. You got a bit of weight to lose. You really don't know what you're doing. I think we've all been there before. You're watching TV, and I'm sure, and this isn't, this is not even like a guess. You're watching Friday nights. Well, at the time, it's what, what, what year did you say it was? 2006? 2007, 2007. All right, so it's 2007. You're probably watching Thursday Night SmackDown. They have the Stacker 2 commercials, they have the Hydroxy Cut commercials. I don't blame you, dude. I was in the same spot you were, and all I wanted to do was take these Stacker 2 pills that made fucking Tori Wilson look like a dime piece. I was like, if Tori <laughs> Wilson could look like that with a couple of Hydroxy Cuts, you know what I could look like with a little stack of two? But, um, yeah, dude, I get it. We, we're, we're so, we, we, we watch TV and we live in a society where obesity is a problem. There's no way around that. So what's on TV? What are, what are commercials that are on TV? One second you have a McDonald's commercial. The next second you have a Frosted Flakes commercial. The next second you have a Weight Watchers commercial or a Jenny Craig commercial or a Slim Fast commercial. And this is what's brainwashed into our heads. Okay, well, if we eat like shit, we can hop on one of these programs and then we'll lose the weight. I don't blame you, dude. So you're taking these hydroxy cuts, you're going to the gym, you're not loving the way that you feel. What do you, how do you feel inside? Like what is going on in your brain at this point? On the outside, I looked great. Right. But on the inside, I was a total mess still. Yeah. And I can't stress this enough for everybody out there. You need to work on your mental game before you could do anything physical. Hell yeah. Really. Because it's short term. If, mm-hmm. if you do it like how I did it back then, it's not long lasting. Right. And I wish I would have taken mm-hmm. the time to do these things to make sure that this wasn't a diet. This was a lifestyle change. Right. But I was so focused on wanting to be skinny, wanting to fit in the norm yeah. with everybody else out there. Right. I was sick of being the big kid. Amen. And I finally had the time for a short time that I wasn't the big kid. It was, holy shit, this guy lost a lot of weight. And wow, you know, this guy is is turning it around. And that feels great for your ego, especially Mm -hmm. at the time, especially when you know that you're not doing the the right way and you're still getting results. That's, that's a great feeling because you know, mentally, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of not doing this the way that I'm supposed to be, but like, you know, X, Y, and Z, my aunt, my uncle, my friend, that girl I like down the block, they're all seeing that I lost mad weight. So obviously I'm doing something right. What was, how was your family treating you at this time when you were, when you were losing weight like that? It was, it was difficult. They supported me, but they were doing their own thing. They were still doing, uh, they had all these bad habits that I was trying to break Mm -hmm. and I still was seeing these things. Right. And it was rough. It was rough. And after a while, I just gave back in to the food addiction. Mm-hmm. And I slowly, after 265, I slowly crept back up again, month after month, a few years later, it goes by. And I had an incident in December right. of 2009. At this point, I wasn't looking at a scale. I didn't care. And I would, sorry guys, this one's a little tough for me. Oh, good brother. Take your time. I was working at a hotel front desk 
doing the night shift and it was 4.30 in the morning and two masked guys came in and one of them held a gun to my head wow. while the other one had a gun pointed at my back. They told me to give me everything that, I, that they had in the register. They wanted me to open the safe and I couldn't open the safe. I couldn't tell them, you know, I, I can only tell them so many times and cry so much. I was afraid if I, I breathed the wrong way that they were just going to shoot me and it was over. Right. Wow. <sighs> and, they, it, and, and it was all for $300. And they told me to go to the back, count to 100 backwards, and not come out until I did so. And I cried like crazy afterwards like anybody else would. Mm-hmm. And I called the police, called my boss. The police didn't believe me at first. And I'm just like hysterical. Like why I'm like, why would I do something for three hundred dollars? I had yeah. just started this job. Like why would I sabotage it for this? Yeah. And so my boss sent me home. This was a Wednesday morning technically. Mm-hmm. And this company sent uh, had me do two 15-minute phone call uh, therapy sessions over the phone. And four days later, Sunday night, this boss of mine wanted me to go into work and work by myself at the place that I almost died four days before. Wow. And I could have, you know, any sane person person would have just quit but at that point my head was so bonkers I just stayed there and I at that point on for about a year and a half I stayed at that company and I just didn't care anymore about anything or anyone Mm -hmm. and I was mad at them that they didn't give a shit about me so you know I I thought I should have been like out for a few weeks at least had more therapy sessions something but right. to mm-hmm. put me back in the lion's den after 4 days right that made me mad and the food addiction then skyrocketed big time and I became an alcoholic and then I also had a gambling addiction with poker and sports and with all those things tied up in one and me still dealing with almost dying at this job of mine, right. I was in a downward spiral that no one can control me. Oh, I did couldn't you talk know? to anybody. Uh, like, sorry. Did, the pe- did, sorry, did the people around you know, or did you kind of just block yourself off from it all? I'd laugh about it. You know, I'd try to joke around about it. I'd just try to cover up my feelings any way I can. But then I would go home and I would numb myself with drinking 40s and having to make bets just to get by the day. And it was pretty scary, really oh, scary sure. stuff. So, and, so I'm, I'm sure at this point, not only are you, you're, you're gambling, but you're probably emotionally eating. You're addicted to food. Probably. Oh yeah. I would All imagine. Oh yeah. So, so you're eating uncontrollably, you're drinking uncontrollably. You're, you're, you're literally betting the farm. Um, <clears throat> where, where does it, where does it end? You know, where, where is that, where is that wake up call? The wake up call finally happened two years later. Okay. I went to see a doctor mm-hmm. in December, uh, late December of 2011. 
Mm-hmm. And he told me that I needed to see a dietitian because I, I mean, I can't, <laughs> I was way more than 350 pounds. So I finally stepped on the scale uh, at the dietitian's office on January 2nd of 2012. And I weighed 498 pounds. Okay. And that was the beginning of what would be another, what I thought would be lengthy weight loss journey. Mm-hmm. And I, had lost about 125 pounds in eight, eight months. Again, again, I'm not thinking long-term I'm thinking I'm on a diet. Let me get by. I just want to be skinny. Yeah. And right. Then for a few months, I was back to the food, uh, eating the food again. And then I snapped back into it. And, and on May of 2013, I was 345 pounds. So I guess, I don't know, technically I was down 150 from that January 12 day. Wow. January 2012 time. So yeah, I was 345. I was, I mean, I, I, I thought I was doing good on the outside. People were complimenting me again. So what were you doing to lose weight this time around? It, uh, that was the period when I started to do a lot of walking. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I, I had plantar fasciitis for the longest time. And well, that's, was, that's like mailman foot, right? Or something. Yeah. Like, it's, that? it's, yeah. Uh, it's just inflammation of the bottom of the foot. Right. Severe pain, severe yeah. pain. And I, and I just toughed it out for the longest time. But after a while, I was just sick of it. Right. And yeah, so, to put, so to put it in perspective for everybody, you went on two drastic weight loss journeys up to this point where we are in your story both times you've lost over 100 pounds right yeah and both times it took you less than a year mm-hmm. dude that's wild i mean that's i'm not i'm not i'm not complimenting you on the fact that you lost you know the way that you lost it but the fact that you lost over 100 pounds twice in less than a year twice that's in, that's insane. That's that's yeah. incredible. The only thing that I, I, I'll say about that is that it, it goes to show you that when your mind wants something bad enough, it will make it possible. Now, I'm I'm not I'm not saying that the way that you did it was the proper way, and I would never turn around and tell somebody to eat a bunch of diet pills and you know, whatever. But you were quote unquote focused at the time to change your life, and nothing was going to stop you. And obviously, you were able to do it. But you, you didn't take care of the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room at the time was the fact that you had an outrageous food addiction mm-hmm. and you were an alcoholic, yeah. which that is a double-edged sword all in itself. Like, and, and, and a gambling addict. And, and a gambling addict, which is – that's wild, man. Like you have – every bit of your life is just going up against you. So you're eating your calories, you're drinking your calories, and you're, you know, gambling, which – that's just hurting your pocket. That's, that's crazy. So, mm-hmm. so where are you? So now it's 2012. You've lost 145 pounds in eight months. Um, obviously the food addiction creeps back up on you. Where are you mentally? And, 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 and what, what is your family thinking at this point? Because your family has to be absolutely shocked that you did it twice. Like what, what are, what are the things that your parents are saying to you or, you know, your aunts and your uncles? No one, no one could believe it. Right. No one could, no one could believe that I did it again. Yeah. And they thought, Oh, I'm here to stay, you know, right. Oh, Frank, Frankie's on the right path now. Right. 
but again, it didn't help me at home where these people are still eating the things that I used to eat and, you know, they're helping me, but they're not helping me. Right. And in August of 2013, my dad was diagnosed with lung cancer. Okay. And that, that sent me into another spiral. Yeah. For 14 and a half months until ultimately he passed Sorry in November, in November of 2014. Uh, you know, I had tumors, his brain, spine. It was pretty much just to wait and see at that point. It was, it, it, he was not going to win. Sadly right. enough, it was, it was stage four from the very yeah. beginning. Right. So it took a toll on me and I, I had made a promise to him right before he died. I was like, I'm going to change my health. I'm going to finally get this together and I'm going to quit smoking cigarettes because up until that point I had smoked for about 13 years. And a couple weeks after he passed December 4th of 2014, I had a pack of cigarettes and I just said, fuck it. And I threw it in the garbage and I haven't had a cigarette since that day. Good for you, man. It, it, it was that easy. And I'm really proud of that. Yeah, because that was one be. half. That was one half of what I was telling him. So okay, that's one goal. You know, let's get the health thing going. Mm-hmm. And I, I was doing the same shit again, losing weight. But I didn't look at a number this time. Mm-hmm. I was just focused on let's just try try to get to get to a program. Let's do a lot of walking. Let's do some lifting. And in April of 2015 my mom collapses outside of her work and ultimately is there for a few weeks and has to have surgery. And my mind goes bonkers because I'm thinking my parents might both be dead in a four and a half month window. Like, holy shit. Like, how can anybody, uh, who can I talk to? Who can I talk to? Nobody. Right. Nobody. So, and how old are you at this point? 2015, so 27. Okay, 27. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's always such a massive thing too. It's like I find that I'm intrigued to see as we as we really triumph into where you're at today. Um, but I I find this one fascinating too. Like two things that you've just been saying that are huge in my book. Um, one of the things that males deal with especially is not speaking about their issues to somebody anybody it's it's this this machismo that there's no one you can talk to because you just gotta suck it up buttercup and like that's always been a big issue with with males the other other thing too is um how there are like we we all go through stuff that's awful and like we all have these awful things in our lives and it's learning how to deal with them in in a more effective manner because food is such an easy it's such an easy move. Smoking cigarettes is such an easy move and it, it mm-hmm. gets you that comfort, but it doesn't necessarily do it in a healthy manner. Right. Um, and so I'm very intrigued as, as you come full circle at this point, because just, just from what I've seen in, in your story so far, it's trying to find more effective ways to deal with the everlasting stresses in our life that are just crazy. Yeah, and, and it seems so, like every time you get going, you hit a bump in the road, and it's 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 never your fault. Which we that is blatantly for sure that is never your fault. But that's life. That that's mm-hmm. kind of what goes on in life. So, 
you know, you had to learn excuses. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. There's the hand I was dealt, you know, life sucks and you know, I can't change the hand I was dealt. I totally feel you, dude. I was there. Um, so, uh, for those wondering at home, your mom at this point, she, what happened, you know, from that point with your mother, she had to have a, a heart valve surgery. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, she came out. Okay. Okay. She's doing fine. Uh, awesome. th th yeah, that, that was April, 2015. So we're talking five plus years later, mm -hmm. she's doing fine. But I, I was still stressed out that at that point that, Oh, may, you know, how long is this going to be before right. something else bad happens? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Because right. Now so you're living with also, that worry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's other family members that have cancer and my, and my head is just all over the place. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and, and I keep using their, issues to bring me down instead of just trying to focus on my thing well i, I can I, I can tell just by speaking with you your family definitely depends on you a lot right can is that is that for sure like is that something that we could say I'd yeah say so yeah so i mean you're 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 dealing with these stresses i mean you, you lost your father so now you you're you stepped up into the fold you know you're taking care of your mom i don't know what your sibling life is like but i'm sure you're taking care of your family in one way or another so your life is kind of, it's rocky, dude. Like, I, I don't blame you. I really, you know, hearing your story, I, do, I don't blame you for the choices that you made at the time. I can't sit here and say, you know, Frank, if, if, if the shoe was on the other foot and I was where you were, I would not reach for that bottle or I would not pull up to that drive-thru or, you know, whatever the case may be, dude. I'd be right with you. I'd be right next to you. You know what I'm saying? So I can't say, hey, Frank, you know, you, you should have you looked at the big picture. Or you should have realized that, you know, instead of going to McDonald's, you could have had a salad and you still would have ate your feelings. No, fuck that, dude. Like, that's just not how it is. You know, you were in a shitty spot in your life and you did what every one of us would have done. That would have been my instinct. I know for a fact that would have been David's instinct. Would have just been to eat. We didn't know any better. You know, there was no, there was no covering that wound with anything. We had, we had nothing to, to, to express our feelings toward. You know, it wasn't, we, we, we couldn't express ourselves, right? Being a fat guy, especially being a fat guy, you don't express yourself. No one wants to hear your feelings. At least no one, you'd think no one wants to hear what's on your mind. So what do you do? You yeah. order food, you eat. That's, that's the name of the game, brother. But, and you don't tell anybody. No, you never tell anybody. You sneak eat. I don't know about you. I, did you yes. sneak eat? Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, you have any good, you, you have any good uh, sneak eating stories for us? Because I have a couple of good ones that I like to share on here. I, I can't tell you any crazy <laughs> ones. I, I, I just know, like, it, it would be so silly, like, I, I would have friends that would do barbecues. They would smoke a brisket, but I couldn't handle waiting until I got there to, to eat my face off. I had to get my fix at a fast food spot along the way to get to this house right. because that's how in I was with this food addiction. Right. Right. And it, it was like mandatory for me. And, yeah. and, and like, and I didn't think anything of it until I was, I started this latest journey and was like, Holy shit. Like these like that's not normal to to go to McDonald's before you go eat brisket and mac and cheese and all this other other stuff at a friend's house and then afterwards having to get tacos when you leave their house yeah like that was the norm for me and they never knew none of my friends knew until recently and and if any of my friends are watching now well I guess you're breaking news that's <laughs> I mean I used to do the same thing just because I, personally I mean I I always 
didn't want people to realize how much I was eating. So yeah. I would do the same thing as I would eat before going to people's places to eat because then at least I'd eat half the amount of food when I was there. And so it looked like I was eating less. Right. Or my whole idea was, well, what if they didn't make enough? I have to eat before I go. What if they didn't make enough? Like, come on. Like I'm a big yeah. dude who knows yeah. if they made enough for me or I don't want to take food out of their mouths. So like, I totally have to stop, you know, wherever before we get there so I can get a little in. I mean, it's, it's normal. You go out to dinner, you get an appetizer. Why do you think you get the appetizer for, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you so now you, your mom is good, right? Yeah. Um, she, you know, we, we get that past that little stint. Take me to where you are right before your current journey has started. So, you know, what was your weight like? And what was that wake up call that has brought us to meeting Frank today? I, uh, April of 2019, mm -hmm. I took a trip with three friends to Nashville, Tennessee, which ultimately was like a bachelor uh, weekend cool. for uh, my friend because uh, I was uh, a co-best man at his wedding. Sick. So we got there and uh, right away, I'm already having trouble with going up a floor at the hotel. And I'm, th and I'm thinking, oh, this is not going to be good because Nashville, for any of you that have not been there, they are littered with rooftop bars mm -hmm. and we wanted to go hit up a rooftop bar or two. And we did that first night and I could barely get up into one. I had to stop a few times and I, I was making excuses yet again, story of my life at that point. Right. And it was awful. And that next day, that next day in Nashville was very impactful because I went to see a Chicago Blackhawks Nashville Predators games uh, game with uh, my friends, and I could not fit in the seat. Now, for the most part, I, it's, uh, seats were tight for a long time, but at this point, I could not fit in at all. Yeah. And I right before the national anthem hit, I had my head down. And I was crying and I walked out and I stood in a standing room only section for the rest of that game. And my friends, to their credit, they didn't want to see me like this. So they came to me and left their seats. We had paid a lot of money for these upper deck seats, like almost $200. Ridiculous, yeah. but whatever. And... You know, they didn't have to do that, but they did just to make me feel better. But I felt like such a piece of shit that I had ruined this weekend for us. Right. We left the stadium and we're trying to get an Uber and getting out of this uh, downtown area. And two of my friends uh, lead the pack to try to find something. And I'm with my one friend at the bottom of this hill. And I am having a really hard time getting up there. I'm having to take maybe 20 steps and then stop. And my one friend, Matt, God bless your soul, man. He told me, Frank, I don't care what it takes. We're getting up there. And it took a while, but I finally got up that hill. And we took an Uber back to the hotel. Those three guys were in one room and I was in another room. And I looked in the mirror and I said, do you want to live or do you want to die? Like, what the fuck are you going to do, man? Because this is just, it's, it's not 
this is the worst that it's ever been for me. And I said I wanted to live and that I would take care of this when I got home. And ultimately, we left five days later. It was April 12th, 2019. And that's when the journey began at 557 pounds. I didn't care what the number was. I just knew I had to start somewhere. And my main goal at the beginning was I did not want to look at a scale for 90 days. I just wanted to focus on 10,000 steps a day walking, eating eating better. And this has always been a problem. Even to this day, I have a hard time a hard time with eating before going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, sometimes very, I yeah, binge. Yeah. Late, late night I, eating gets me too. Yeah. Still this oh, day occasionally. Yeah, yeah. It's a killer. It's, it's a killer. And you don't realize how bad it can get with, with these binges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can eat 6,000 calories before you even blink. Yeah. Oh, I would just, what, uh, I would eat what, was, I would what eat was your definition of eating butter. healthy? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Peanut butter, bro. That's like my nothing. naughty, naughty secret. Yeah. What, uh, what's your definition? Like 10,000 steps a day. What you say eating better. Um, yeah. What, so what was eating? What better was your you definition of eating better? High protein, low carb, low sugar, focus on labels. Mm-hmm. These little things that I didn't pay attention to in the past and previous mm-hmm. journeys, I wanted to make sure that I knew about it right away. So who's giving and- you this info on how to do this? This is just you doing research, just you knowing what you did before, or this is a friend coming well, to you for, and saying? For, for a few weeks, it, it was just, you know, me winging it. Right. But ultimately, I, I was checking my email on Yahoo, and I saw this post from this guy that had lost 300 pounds. I'm like, oh, isn't this interesting? I kind of want to lose 300 pounds too. <laughs> so I clicked on it, and it happened to be this guy, Dustin Hall, who on Instagram is known as Dusty lost 300 yeah. pounds. Shout out and to I Dusty. saw his, I, yeah, shout out to Dusty. Oh, thank God for you, man. You have no idea. And so I read your read his article and all these things he was talking about that he was struggling with. And this, this 10,000 steps a day thing that, that I was thinking of, he, he started like that too. And I'm thinking that was me. I mean, like, this is me right now. It's right. what he, Oh geez. You're good. You're good. You know, it's that excitement. Dusty's bringing it. He's not even here and he doesn't even know he's bringing that excitement. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. And that was the first person that I followed on Instagram. And I thought I followed him for a few months. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You're good. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, pal. Okay. You're good. Okay. Okay. You look sexy. You're good, bro. (laughs) So yeah, I followed him for a few months and I, I wasn't doing necessarily like uh, the, the eating and the exercise as it was right. more encouragement. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that person encouraging me, but Dusty was my encouragement. So every day I would see his videos right. and every day it, it got me, it got me in, in, in a positive way. And after 90 days, I had lost, I finally checked the scale. I lost 79 pounds. It was like, whoa, I didn't check a scale. And yeah. I lost that. And I was doing, I wasn't trying to stress myself out with the walking. At that point, I was doing 15,000 steps a day. And it was working for me. And I was still doing the high protein, low carb, 
focusing on that low sugar. And yeah, it, it's going great at that point. And it's just, it's been going ever since. Okay. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Have you, have you spoke to Dusty? Have you told him what an inspiration that he was for you in the beginning? I did. I, awesome. I, 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 I don't like to bo- I don't like to bother him too much about it, but oh, I, I did mention, I was like, I was like, man, you have no, you have no idea how much you mean to me, man. And that's awesome. That's, that's I, I'm, I, and, and in time, that's when I started following you, John, and I started following Gourmet, Obese mm-hmm. to Beast. And little by little, I was following people that was also in that same boat that had lost hundreds of pounds, kept it off, and yeah. that's what I needed in my life. And that's what I never had in the past. Right. Is those people that have lost the weight, have been accountable, and can live to talk about it. <coughs> yeah. No, a thousand percent. So I have, a, See, I have a serious question. Yeah. What makes this time different? And why, why is sustainability going to be implemented this time? Interesting question. Because my head's in the right place finally for the first time in my life to not allow myself to have excuses to go back to those old ways. I have dealt with a lot during this journey and I could have easily quit. I, the day that I lost 200 pounds, my grandma went to the hospital and died four days later. Jeez. So I'm in the hospital. I'm supposed to be celebrating this monumental achievement of mine that I lost 200 pounds. And here I am in a hospital, sad as shit. But I know I can't let it get to me. I just can't let these things get to me because I finally have had enough right. of this roller coaster ride of up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. I just had this mental drive to not allow anyone or anything get in my way to get to where I want now. That's awesome. And I'm fully determined. I don't give That's a awesome. shit. I just don't, I, I, I shouldn't say I don't give a shit. I do give a shit. That's, mm-hmm. that's actually, that's probably the thing. I do give a shit now more than ever. Right. You give a shit about yourself, but you don't, you don't yeah. give a shit about the opinions of others. Yeah. That's, that's And now that's also beautiful. other people are holding me accountable if I screw up right. too, which is also something I needed in the past that was easy for me to slip back then. And now I see so many people on Instagram and what they're doing and it helps drive, drive me a lot of days. Right. And I use it as fuel and I love it. Um, if you can, uh, one of my favorite things about Frank is how he stays so accountable to himself. Um, tell us about the notes that you take, like the, the tally marks that you have, the legal pads that you have filled out with all those notes and, 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 and little tick marks and, you know, tell everyone at home that maybe they don't follow you. Tell, tell them what you do to keep yourself accountable. You know, I, I never have been one to count calories. Mm-hmm. I've had a hard time with wanting to, if I, if I count calories after a while, I'm just going to become obsessed with it. Right. And I tried that at the beginning, but after a while, it was a problem. Oh, Jesus Christ. You good? Yeah, it's just raining by me. Oh. <laughs> it's all right. Thank God I have an umbrella on. 
<laughs> so yeah, what what made you start um, taking all those notes and and all those little tally marks and especially what what made you start to post them because that's really how I started to really notice you and you, and your work ethic was. I remember I remember not really the day, but I remember around when you started to follow me on Instagram, and I think you were down like eighty pounds or so at the time or whatever the case may be, and then you know I I noticed you know the 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 logging of everything that you started to do. Not only were you logging what you were doing, but you were posting it online. And that's a really big thing with me. Like if you say that you're going to do something, you back it up. You know what I mean? Like if you, yeah. if you put something out to the world, especially on social media, you're an idiot if you don't stick by it because it's out there. People know about it. Like, yeah. so that was one of the most awesome things. And that's what I think really drew me towards you, your journey and your page was how honest you were and how accountable you were. Like, why, why? What, what made you have that accountability? I figured if I put it on the internet, I have to do it. Right. Perfect. Perfect. And then there was no, there was no ands, ifs or, or buts about it. Right. That was my journal. That, that was my journal. That is my right. diary. Exactly. So I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't write a whole lot of things out as far as goals, but I put it on Instagram. That's, yeah. that's just my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that I relate to that a lot. That's why my Instagram the way it is, because that's my diary. That's my journal. I feel that. I love that. And I used to just talk about it a little bit on my personal page. Right. But after a while, I'm like, I'm not going a hundred percent on this. Yeah. I need to go all in and talk about these things and tell people that you are going to mess up sometimes, but it's okay. Right. You just have to make sure you get off, get off your ass and keep going and don't make excuses. Amen. My Amen. life's been full of excuses. So it's like, how many more excuses can I give? Right. Right. So what are, what are some, what are some big goals that Frank's looking to hit in, in the next, you know, tail end of 2020? Uh, the next big one, I want to get to be half the weight that I originally started at 557. So now it would be, it would be 278.5. Yep. So I am like around eight pounds from that. <laughs> That's and cool, I know baby. it's going to happen. And, and, oh, see, yeah. and, that's, and that's the thing with these goals is back then, I didn't know if it was going to happen. It just happened. But my mind is so locked in. I know that everything that I'm going to do, I'm going to do eventually. Right. right. But with as far, and, and my relationship with the scale is better than ever. I used to obsess with that number. The number was everything to me. But mm. now I try to look at the scale maybe once every two weeks. Yeah. And just – as long as I do what I'm supposed to do with mm -hmm. the high protein, low carb, low sugar, and the exercising, that it's all going to play out at the end of the day. And it has. Dude, it looks and like you have the blueprint. It really, it sounds like you know what you're doing. It sounds like you know what you want. And it sounds like you know how to get there, which I love. Mm -hmm. I love I'm going to get there. Oh, I'm you know, I know there. you will. <laughs> I know 220, you will. <laughs> and 220 was my goal weight originally. But yeah. at this point, I don't know. I don't know if that really matters anymore. Yeah. I, I, I think like a huge thing for me is like what I just told you about the scale, that right. the scale doesn't mean everything. And yeah. so many people rely on the scale as everything. I'll be honest with you. I don't know about you, David. Um, I don't look at scales. I was never really a big fan of scale. Not because I'm I nervous of what it's going to say. Too much. See, in the I, beginning of my yeah. journey, definitely. I, I love the scale, but then I couldn't, I don't think I've stepped on a scale and I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't think I stepped on a scale since like, maybe two and a half, three weeks before pandemic started. So that was March by me. 
Maybe February I stepped on the scale. Maybe. And I haven't since. I'm not worried I, about it. I do it. I mean, it's – so a couple different sequences in that. Number one, I step on the scale every morning. Right. Not necessarily for like – I just need to know where I'm at. Like, I don't, I don't over dramatize it. Obviously it's water weight and all types of, but I look at the scale of things. It kind of just kind of keeps, that's one of my accountability sets. However, with that being said, it's actually interesting. When I went from uh, losing the, the, the bulk of my weight and then having my two excess skin removal surgeries and I transitioned from just basically all cardio to starting to do strength training. Mm-hmm. And I really started to get focused on muscle mass and all this kind of stuff. It was interesting because I was at like 235 or so. Right. And I was really getting into strength training. And my body fat was going down, but my weight was staying the same. And I was getting bigger muscles. I was looking better. But I, I sat there and looked at the scale too much and it frustrated me. Because I'd for for 180 pounds, my sense of progress was seeing the number on the scale go, go down. down. Right, 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 right. And then I hit this point now where I'm getting a strength train. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I'm busting my ass, but the number's not changing. Right. And that, that really had to, that really screw with me. And then so I started looking. At, okay, body fat percentage. How do I look? How do I feel? Right. And I started using other um, ways of, of tracking progress. Especially when, especially when you're like, you're so used to that weight loss journey, you've, you've been in that groove for so long and then you want to start putting on muscle mm-hmm. and then you start you put on a little bit of weight, like a little bit of muscle weight. I'm not talking fat, bro. That fucks with your head. That's a big reason why I stopped going on scales, dude, because dude, my goals changed. You know what I mean? Like everything, everything was different now. I can't, you know, I'm in a point in my life where my progress is not really judged just based upon if the number on the scale is moving down. Sometimes my progress is based on if it moved up, you know what I mean? So that's why I don't step on scales anymore. Scale is the enemy in my, in my eyes. I don't think that we should ever be individually judged by a number. That number does not define us. That number is not us. Um, unless you're coming from a spot where, you know, you're 500, 600 pounds and you need to get that number down. I don't really feel that you should totally obsess about the number. On the I, yeah, I agree. I just, I just say it has to be, it is a, you need something for the sense of progress. I don't care what, if it's, if it's naked picture yourself and you're just like, Ooh, I, I'm slowly looking a little sexier. If that's yeah, what yeah, you want to do. Sweet. If something that you feel that you're progressing, that you can, that whatever you want to attach to, if it's body fat percentage, if it's the number on the scale, if it's how far you can run, it doesn't even matter what it is. It's just something that feels like you're progressing. That would be, that's my whole deal. So Frank, 16 months, 271 pound weight loss. Not only did you do that, you lost over 145 pounds twice in your life, which is absolutely fucking insane. Um, I hope, a little bit. I hope that you enjoyed um, the conversation. Before we wrap this up, I have two very important questions that I like to ask on this podcast. Are you ready for those questions, Frank? Yeah, let's go okay, for it. Okay, cool. The, uh, the first question that I would love to ask you because I can't wait for your answer is, if you could go back in time and talk to Frank in elementary school, the, the little boy who was called Yukazuna, and he knows nothing about what's going to you know, go down in his life, what would you tell him right now? Just believe in yourself and whatever you do. Don't make excuses. Shit's going to happen. We all have issues. It's okay. But just believe in yourself, man. That's awesome. I love that. Frank, my final question to you today is this. 
if you could give the listeners three pieces of advice, what would those pieces of advice be? Be patient. This is not going to happen overnight. It's just not, you got to be realistic with your goals. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to stay consistent in what you're doing, whatever it is, whatever plan it is, stay consistent. And it's okay to change if you want. There's, there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, well, maybe, maybe no diet pills, but (laughs) yeah. And don't compare your journey with other people's journeys. Your journey is your own. Your path is your own. Just stay true to yourself. Right. That one's very important in my opinion. That one is probably like the cream of the crop in my opinion. Isn't it? And it's, and it's so that comparing your life stories is so fascinating because that can rob you of happiness in every way, shape and form. It doesn't, it doesn't even have to be body weight. And then it also just becomes, it comes a dick measuring contest Mm -hmm. or a pissing contest. And I, and I just, you're going to get so caught up in your head trying to compare yourself to somebody else that it, you're going to do more damage than you are good. I don't really give a 100%. shit. Like, and, and well, unless everyone it's else a healthy is comparison. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah, everyone like, else is married? I'm not married yet. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm 28. I'm almost 29. I'm not married. Right. You're right. fine. Or, or I mean, I'm now, now I'm in a spot in my life where it's like, well, you know, everyone else my age is, you know, about to buy a house or going to buy a house or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just we're all, we're all different. You know, we're all uh, same journey, different lanes. You know, that's, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank, guys, I appreciate do, do, oh, do you guys mind if I say one more thing? 100%. Oh, you, I, 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 this is your podcast, podcast yeah. brother. Yeah. Yeah, bro, I want to get this off my, off my chest. Am I gonna write, you, do I need to write this down? Because I will yeah. write this down. <laughs> you, you, you might. You might. Right, <laughs> in. What you go, got? Baby. Give it to me. You two are actually the first people that are going to know about this. Oh, wow. And by the time that this episode airs, this is going to be fully official and I'll talk about it on Instagram and all that. So cool. I wanted to wait for this moment on August 30th of last year, I walked the length of the marathon at 443 pounds, not yes. all at once, but it spread out in one day. And I did it again in April at, at uh, around 320 pounds. And I told myself that I wouldn't do it again unless I did it for charity and I've been thinking for a long time, like, God, I got to do something. I got to do something. I want to do more. And on August 30th of this year, I'm not going to do a marathon. I'm going to walk 30 miles. And I plan on starting a GoFundMe that is going to be tied to the Jimmy V Foundation for Cancer Research. I want to dedicate it to my dad who passed away from lung cancer. And I'm hoping that I can get help from the Instagram community, family, friends, whatever with this, because I want to use my platform with not just what I'm doing now, but also some charitable work. And cancer is something that we've all had to deal with, whether we've had it, a family, friend, whatever. And that is the thing. I am dead set on it. Rain or shine, it's going to happen. Hell yes. And I can't freaking wait. I so love it. That so is 30, awesome. Wait, what day was it? It was 30, 30 miles in one day. What was On August 30th. August 30th. August 30th. So, yeah, Sunday, August 30th. That's awesome, that dude. Was- now, now, again, I have to reiterate this again for everyone at home because this is how incredible Frank is and he doesn't give himself enough credit. Frank has lost 271 pounds in a matter of 16 months. He has lost over 145 pounds twice in his life. Not only that, he has walked the length of a marathon, not once, ladies and gentlemen, but twice in his life. He is going for number three. 
Okay. Now, by the time this podcast releases, hopefully Frank will release this out to the world that he's doing this, and you will be able to find the link to said GoFundMe page in the bio of this YouTube page. Yeah. Okay. And, and if, in my profile too. Of course, in his profile, you'll be able to click the link. If if you're listening to this and that, that information is not out yet, please contact us because we will direct you where you need to donate that money. Frank is doing incredible things, folks. Frank is doing literally what other people would deem impossible that would have quit on themselves multiple times. When I tell you that Frank is the definition of accountable, of accountability, I'm really not lying. I'm not tooting his own horn. Okay. I don't have to impress the kid. He is amazing. Okay. Frank needs to give himself more credit. I promise you this. Frank's current Instagram handle is Frank is losing weight. I told him one day I better see that his Instagram handle has changed to Frank has lost weight because Frank is going to lose all of the weight, okay? Uh, Frank, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being on the show today. I know thank that you, you are I'm going... Honored. No, bro, we are honored. I know that there are people that are going to hear your story and they are going to change their lives because they know that Frank did it, okay? They know that it's possible. You've done incredible things, my friend incredible incredible things people things that people would not even fathom of doing in one lifetime you've done multiple times okay thank you thank you for being you thank you for taking the time out for being on here today one more time for the people at home where can we find you on instagram at frank is losing weight awesome man awesome thank you again brother i hope that you enjoyed our conversation i hope everyone listening at home enjoyed our conversation please like share and subscribe on this video and also, do not forget, if you are looking for a community, if you are looking for a group of like-minded individuals that have the same or similar goals to you, and you are tired of the same, same bullshit that you see on social media, please contact either David or I, and we will direct you to the ALG community. Right now, the ALG community has over 80 members of the community, okay? We are a community of friends that are slowly but surely becoming family we go live with each other once a week on wednesday nights and it is a hell of a good time so if you're tired of the same bullshit you're seeing on instagram the same stuff you're seeing on facebook and you just want to change that pace and i'm telling you bro when i tell you everyone leaves that ego at the door there is no gimmicks there is no personalities there is no fake social media gimmick to be had on this on this server i'm i mean it Please shoot us over a DM. We will get you into the ALG community as quickly as possible. Thank you guys again for listening. And until next time, I am John Arpino, otherwise known as J.R.P.'s Journey, my partner in crime, Fit underscore D-Rock, David Roden, and Frank the fucking tank. Frank has lost weight. Have a fucking wonderful day, guys. Take care.